We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to Prem Pata. It's Mike and Norm with you for another of our special edition shows. Um, so, Norman, how are you doing, mate? Spot on, thank you, mate. Um, obviously, still in this surreal world that we're living in. And um, I was just seeing you before we started recording that uh, I've got hair fever. So it's really bad at the minute. And every time I go out, it looks like people are ready to kill me um, because I'm sniffling and sneezing. So I'm having to uh, contemplate buying a gun. But apart from that, everything's good. Fine and dandy then. You're you you're a pariah in your own neighbourhood, which is exactly, always exactly always yeah. so, a treat. You know, if anyone anyone listening to this um can get me a good deal on a kind of semi automatic machine gun, then please just get in touch. That'd be great, thanks. What better way to start the pod? And um I'm trying to think of a link um through to what we're gonna be talking about, but I'm not gonna <laughs> bother going down that particular rabbit hole. Um but we've um as some of you may know listening, we've been doing a number of best Premier League 11s um we've we've been through the Baldies we've been through um the long-haired 11 and this week Norm a trickier task I found actually I didn't realize how difficult I'd find it but um we're doing a tashes aren't we we're doing the best Premier League 11 um in terms of mustaches sported um I think we'll do a, the, a similar format we're probably looking at a traditional 4-4-2 especially given that the, the the players and the fashion of the time dictates that there's quite a few entries from the early 90s in here. Um, so I think we're probably best set with a 4-4-2. Absolutely, mate. Not one of my players is currently playing. So that what does that tell you about the, the tash as a, you know, as a, as a sort of a fashion appendage? It just, it? Nobody's, nobody's really in football in the, you know, the 2020s as, as, as we're in now. Um, nobody's really trying to go with a moustache anymore um, other than Movember which is a bit of a joke whereas the players that I've gone for they all sported a moustache in a, ser- a very serious manner it was part of their personality and almost part of their, their physical being whereas now it's just a it's just a, like let's do it for charity haha isn't it funny to have a tash and these lads um, would feel a man I'd imagine feel very disrespected by it so yeah all all, all of them have, they've all retired now and uh, they've all retired with their moustaches hopefully well, it's, it's an important point you raise that, and that brings us on to the technicalities. I actually do have two 
floating around my suggestion list that are currently playing and, and a few others but um there the, the may be a, a bit surprising i might have to double check things as we go but mm. we will take that as it comes i think in terms of laying down some ground rules for how we're going to judge this i was worried when i was researching this that there were too many that i thought would be decent options that the, the you know the goatee um is an obvious halfway house between mm. the tash and the beard and where i think we can include some um that's gonna have to be weighted with the quality of the footballer and more importantly the the devotion to the goatee because there are a lot that i thought had proper goatees and they were really weak commitments you you know you can only see them in a certain light um yeah. and i think we're going to be have to, have to be quite tight on this i want the majority of this 11 don't know about you but i want the majority to be you know proper toothbrushes under the nose I, I agree completely, although I do have a couple of goatees in there. However, I will say that the goatees I've got are very well shaped and they're thin. They're like a very thin goatee. It's not like a, you know, your kind of Rafa Benitez or Sean Dyche, even your Sean Dyche goatee, which is, you know, for me, it's, you, you, you said there, a goatee's kind of halfway between a tash and a beard. I would say it's about a third of the way. Sean Dyche is half the halfway between a goatee and a beard because of the, the sheer thickness of the um, ginger follicles on his face. I haven't got it anywhere near as thick as that. You're talking like what I've got is a kind of pencil tash slash pencil goatee, if you see what I mean. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I hear you, Norm. Um, so I guess without, you know, without going through the, the rules and, and um, you know, different interpretations of of follicle success should we um should we just go into this and start with the keeper i know you have very strong thoughts about who you want in goal i think we're gonna have to have a bit of a debate about this one it's probably going to be one of the more heated debates through the 11 to be perfectly honest Mm. because i think we have three very strong contenders here yes uh, obviously we had david seaman along here and he qualifies for this um because he had a a wonderful thick tash um but I've gone for uh, Bruce Grobelaar. The reason being that obviously when the Premier League era started, Grobelaar was on his way out. I think by this point he'd actually signed for Southampton because um, Liverpool replaced him with David James, if I remember, for the first season of the Premier League, 92-93. I'm almost certain that David James was in goal for Liverpool when they lost one Nottingham Forest, which I think was the first televised Premier League game. A really good goal by Teddy Sheringham. Brian Clough was in charge at, at Forest. Seems incredible to think that Brian Clough actually managed in the Premier League era. That was his one and only season. Yeah. Um, but um, Grobelow's Tash, he just had it for such a long time. And, you know, it, it was always, from what, I, from what I remember, always a really good handlebar Tash. And, you know, it, it's the kind of Tash that if you sort of see pictures, and I've viewed lots of these pictures, obviously, of um, the kind of hardcore leather clubs, leather sex dom clubs in San Francisco, Grobelaw wouldn't have looked out of place in those clubs. And for that reason alone, I would have him in the team. Um, however, he also was in his day a very good goalkeeper. Admittedly, he was in his prime pre-Premier League era, sort of from the early 80s up until the end of the 80s when in Liverpool's period of dominance. But he was still doing all right. He still had a few seasons in the Premier League with Southampton and he still did all right enough, I think, to merit consideration. So for me, Seaman, by this point, Premier League point, a way better goalkeeper. But I think Grobelaw, just for just for the sheer audacity of having that tash for such a long time, gets my vote. I mean, it's a it's a strong argument and a and a very strong case put forward. I will counter that with Neville Southall. Ah, great. Who, great 
you know, uh, a strong contribution to the, you know, the early founder years of the Premier League um, and way before. And for me, Southall is always, he looks, he just looks confident and naturally attached to the point where you talked about players retiring with their tashes. He looks so weird, not just the fact that he's just ballooned, but without a tash, now he's got rid of it after playing. Um, and he just looks, he just looks odd. He just is a man who who grew around a, a really strong, solid tash that held up the rest of his being and, and body, in my opinion. And now you look, you look at him with the best will in the world now, and uh, he's um, yeah, he's a uh, he, he's a different man altogether. And I am going to say that the tash plays a significant role in that, and it, it it just it just works. It's part of his aura. Who knows whether that's part of um, you know his success as a keeper, um, dazzling strikers. It's not for me to say, but I think that Southall and the Tash are sort of undetachable, so to speak. And the fact that we can see him without one now and see what he looks like without one just reinforces the fact that he he has he is he he is he is a natural Tash man, which is why I want him in the eleven. You know what, I mean, I'll, I'll give you it. I'll, I'll, we'll go with Southall. Another reason being, I think, is that obviously, you know, when he played um, for Bradford in the Premier League, he was, I think he was like 73 at the time and he was just gigantically <laughs> enormous for a professional goalkeeper. So kudos there. And also, I think, you know, that he takes off the tash and he, he turns from, he sort of turns from morbidly to clinically obese. And, and I don't know if there's a biological connection there or what. Um, and I don't know if there's been any kind of scientific research carried out but I'm going to go on record and say that if you have a tash from an early age, the moment you shave it off, you're probably going to go clinically obese. Um, I'm saying that without any research having been done, but I'm confident in my assertion. And I'm with you, mate. Let's let's go and have a Southall, a wonderful goalkeeper, a magnificent tash, and just a, an all-round good human being. If you look at his Twitter account, I think yeah, I think we've got the, we've got the whole package with Southall. I think Grubbler is a very for the for the pure dirtiness and filth of the yeah. tash yeah um it's a it's a good option to have wet in the wings yeah. um but i uh, i think i think southall with his with his tash filter is um is a it's a good place to start um no doubt so big nevin goal um we'll we'll start the back four from right to left norm um I have a I have a suspicion more than a suspicion since you messaged me that you've got a very strong shout for right back. Um, I'd like you to put forward the case for your right back. It's Earl Barrett. It has to. There's the thing is right. This is a player who was capped for England. I, I hadn't even realised he was capped for England. I think he was capped three times. Um, and yeah. He had a really long career. You know, you look. He played at uh, Oldham. He was at Everton. He was at Villa. He, you know, he was around for a long time. Clearly a, a very good player, no two ways about it. Um, I saw him play for Oldham in 1989 at St James's Park. There you go, that's how old I am. Um, and you know, you look at that tash slash beard because it is it's, it's your longer tash. It's your kind of it's your handlebar tash, like a thin handle pencil handlebar tash with a that connects in the middle. So I can't I can't quite say that's a goody beard. It's too neat. You know, if you think of a goat and you think of a goat's follicles, there's kind of a untidiness and unkemptness to it. As I say, a bit like a bit like Sean Dyche, um, thicker. Whereas Barrett's was just perfectly, you know, you, you can't say manicured because that's your nails, isn't it? Um, so I don't know what I don't know what like, the, the follicle equivalent of manic of a manicure is. Um, but let's just coif. Just... You can coif hair, can't you? You can what? Coif. 
Can you coif a beard? You can coif hair, can't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can coif it. Coif. There's a man that coif, 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 the coif, the coif turn. <laughs> yeah, Barrett was the master of the coif turn, and um, it's just beautiful. <laughs> and, and also it had the added um, advantage of making them look like a kind of um, really sort of hard-bitten police chief from like a kind of 1980s film, like a cop in American film in the 80s, you know, like starring Eddie Murphy, you know, like the, the police chief who was just totally uncompromising and absolutely hard as nails. That's kind of what it made him look like, and I loved him for that. You know, you put you put Earl Barrett in any kind of 80s cop film based in the States in somewhere like Detroit as the chief of police, and he would look out of place. And for that reason, Andy's ability as a football, obviously, he gets in the team for me. Yeah, uh, I have no arguments against that, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm happy with him um, staking a claim for right back. Um, and yeah, I, I think his um, his influence in, in that stage of the Premier League and influence on Tashes around the league, you say that the refinement of uh, of the um of the of his effort i think is worthy alone of of, of getting himself in there so I'm, I'm very very happy with that to be fair norm i don't have a uh, a better um a better contender to to put forward to that um you know we're, we're not going to the depths of when gary neville had a bit of a you know uh a, a, a five o'clock afternoon shadow under his yeah. nose um yeah, yeah. Uh, later yeah, in his yeah, career I, I remember neville's and it was an absolute disgrace um and an insult and to be honest with you if Earl Barrett had bumped into Gary Neville with that thing on his face, I think Earl Barrett would have just torn a strip off him. Absolutely. Yeah. Torn the sash off him. his name is Earl. It, it, it engenders a certain level of respect yeah, straight away, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Earl Barrett is just, uh, you're intrigued straight away yeah. um, when you hear that name. So, yeah, I think I think no doubt Earl Barrett gets a start at Ryback. Um him. Starting alongside, um, I think we actually sent about, we've got a few contenders. Um, one I'm very keen to get in, um, but there are a few obvious ones. Um, we'll, I'll, start with, I'll start with one who I'm very keen to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would sort of play him as a sweeper, mm-hmm. ideally, um, but potentially could hold in midfield for a bit. Uh, but I want to get John Walker in there for obvious bias reasons. But um, obviously a, a fantastic goal-scoring midfielder of the 80s. Um, and then came back time and time again to help a struggling Ipswich Town team at the bottom of the league and just moved further and further back the pitch and just turned up a sweeper and was class again still when he was, you know, when he was late 30s, 40. Um, a brilliant player and throughout his career... Um, a devotion to a pronounced tash we're not talking about you know a uh, you know a more defined tash with a bit of stubble around it it was just a tash went from that pure kind of brittle like brush underneath his nose to later on his career where you know the the era of John Walker I'm talking about now when it kind of it angled angled around the around the side of the lips as well but it, it could not be mistaken as a beard it was a pure tash all the way and for that commitment through the decades I'm very keen to get John Walker in there he's 100% in the reason um, I mean everything you said there's bang on and also I've got I've actually got him in centre midfield so I'm happy I'm happy to let him drop back into the sweeper position, which I guess is where he played. Um, he played for Middlesbrough in the first season of the Premier League, I think. And then he went back to Ipswich and he played for Ipswich in the Premier League uh, for a couple of seasons yep. under John Lyle as well. So I'm happy, you know, he moved further back. As you see, he was a, in Liverpool and in Ipswich first time around, he's a bit of a goal-scoring midfielder. Um, but obviously, as you know, 
as his legs went a little bit, he went to the back, and he was he was, he was a classy he was a class act. No no two ways about it. And and as you see, he's tash. He's tash for me. He looks like um, you know, like he was kind of in the army in the seventies, and he had it then. Yeah. And he's cut. He's come out, and he still knows how to shave it in absolutely perfectly. And he he meets up with these mates like once he's you know he's former army buddies once every six months down at um some kind of British Legion club, and they just get absolutely leathered drinking all day <laughs> and they've all got these absolutely brilliant tashes and almost there's almost like a kind of special forces element to it isn't there like a special forces tash and i think um, yeah i agree i agree mate he's got to be, he's got to be in the side just dripping in like a tim taylor's like like landlord or something just dripping drooping through the mustache i can i can see that exactly i can imagine him turning up like obviously you know ex-special forces who turns up in stonewashed jeans a pair of like um caterpillar sand colored caterpillar boots with these with these like um sort of t-shirts tucked in, you know what I mean? Just, just you know, clearly looking like he's um done a lot of time in the military and he's he's served in some hot spots and he's just enjoying his retirement and his pension really. Well, certainly served in some hot spots playing um playing and more withdrawn. Well, yeah, I'm saying you know his his latter his latter spells at Ipswich playing at the back in our uh, our Premier League campaigns <laughs> in the uh, early to mid nineties. That was a pretty tough gig. So um, I think I think that's enough to warrant inclusion. I think what we can do, mate, is can we can we can put him in there. He's getting in eleven. Mm. Um, I think we've got some very strong contenders for centre back. So it may be a case we we've got the option of shifting him into holding midfield yeah. as well um, if we need to. Um, so I'll let I'll let you put forward some suggestions for centre back then as well because there are two more that I think are certainly worthy of a good a good discussion. It has to be Philip Alvear. Yep. The the Tash itself was magnificent. I mean, he he comes over from you know he, he plays for Belgium in the '94 World Cup. I was working in Jersey at the time. I was 17 working in a building site as a uh, carpenter's labourer, so basically just fetching bits of wood back and forth up, up and down a roof. Um, and I remember watching the World Cup, obviously that summer, and I thought Albert was just classy. Was he scored a great goal, didn't he? I can't remember who was against. Was it against Saudi Arabia, maybe or Morocco, one of the two. Um, and he was just brilliant. And that summer, I also remember watching Mark Hottiger for uh, Switzerland in the first game against the USA, mm. and he was just bombing up and down the right hand side of the pitch. And I thought that's a good player. And Keane went out and signed them both, and I was just, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and Philippe Albert, you know, he's one of those players who. You know, you sometimes have these players who look good in the World Cup and it never really translates to mm. their, uh, their league career. Albert was just magnificent for Newcastle for the first two seasons, especially that he was he was absolutely brilliant. A, a class act. He could, you know, he could he could run out from the back with the ball. He could score goals. We all know about the old, that audacious chip against Schmeichel and the brilliant celebration. Yeah. And he kept that tash for years. And he and he come over from Belgium with that tash. And you know, that tash for me, it was almost like a a stereotype of what a Belgian would have looked like in the 70s <laughs> yeah. or the 80s. You know, if we the same pet, you know, yeah. the same pet, like if, the, if there was a, a German on there or, you know, like a Belgian on the building site or a Dutch, yeah, yeah. they'd always have a tash and that was the kind of tash they'd have. So Albert just epitomised what I probably thought a Belgian looked like um, and he also happened to be a brilliant player. So for me, there's, you know, there's no way he can't be in that side. Yeah, no, totally agree. There, it was a tash of gravitas, really, mm. wasn't it? Gravitas. It wasn't... Gravitas, there you go. I've, yeah. I've squared it across the box and you've put it into the empty net. Norm. Thanks, um, yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of, again, again, it's one of those where you can't imagine him without it. Like Southall, obviously, you know, we can see him now and he just looks a different man. Um, but I think that this is an important criteria in this. Of the, the Tash has got to be so 
pivotal and central to that that being that like you, you cannot imagine what they would possibly look like without it and i think uh, he for 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 a player like that to pull it off because at first glance it it did it, it looks a bit daft um but when you see him playing the confidence with which he wears it it, it transforms the tash in the individual. So um, I'm, I'm with you. He's, he's got to be in there as one of the classiest tashes in this 11, um, I think. So I'm very happy to have Albert in there at centre-back. Um, which begs the question who he plays alongside. Yeah, Walks in there as an option. Another option I'd like to put in there is, of course, Des Walker. Um a cultured man himself having played out in Sampdoria um and then you know obviously Forrest I think Sheffield Wednesday I think early Premier League years as well um it was just mm-hmm. uh you know it's the the he had the epitome of a good pencilish tash really wasn't it but very mm. strong and substantial <laughs> for a pencil tash I think it was a um you know a perfect example of how that should be done and again it just defines him for me um I think Des Walker I think that tash, um, and it frames him, and and even being a a menacing, strong, uncompromising centre half with that tash, he can he can wear whatever he likes on top of his lip, right? Um, he can pull it off. Um, so I think it, it matches the individual, and I think that tash has got a very strong claim for being in this team as well. Well, again, mate, I've got Des Walker on my side. Unfortunately, I really struggled for left backs, and I thought, well, based on his superb performance uh, for Sampdoria as a left back. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we could uh, we could shoehorn him out there so I've got Des in the team um, an outstanding centre half no two ways about it and yeah just a, a brilliant kind of yeah like a, an effortless tash really when I was like effort, it was just effortlessly there on the top of his lip it didn't it looked like it just grew perfect naturally um, and I he's definitely in um, as I say now I'm going to have to listen to your choices for left back because I'm I'm lost I mean part of me thought I could play Kyle Walker at left back but then I thought Kyle Walker that's cheating it's you know, there's a bit too much beard going on. He, you know, there's a little bit too much thick hair on the chin in terms of Kyle Walker for him to, to maybe be picked. Um, so I'm lost there. So as I say, I'm happy to go with Des Walker at centre-half. However, my other suggestion was going to be um, Saul Campbell. Um, you know, it, Saul Campbell at Arsenal Ooh. first time round, again, he had very much the Earl Barrett thing going on, just the, the pencil um, with the kind of troop. And in fact, I think... At one stage, Saul Campbell just had a big handlebar tash, like a sort of thin handle, a yeah. long thin handlebar tash. Um, so I had Saul Campbell in, um, who was in his prime and absolutely fantastic centre half. I had him in his centre half with Des Walker left back. But um, if you if you've got a left back, then I'll happily go with Des Walker and Saul can sit in the bench. And also uh, yeah, Saul, I am Saul's very Tory, Saul's a Tory as well, so I'm happy about <laughs> that being the safe. Yeah, that's a point on Campbell. Like when when you raise it, I can remember him with that, you know, the 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 sort of goatee and potential handlebar. Village people, there was a well. village people, there was a village people feeling going on there, wasn't it? It looked like it had a kind Yeah, yeah. But the the thing is that as great a player he was, I just don't identify him with a tash. Right. Um, it's kind of I can remember that, you know. Now you say it, I can remember that period where he had one, but that's not my first first thought of Campbell. I think. I can help you out here, Norm, because mm. um, I'm very happy with my left-back joints. It's yeah. um, wandered down to the south coast, um, a legend down at oh, Southampton. I know, I know who you're talking about, and I'm, I'm with you all the way. Franny Vinali. Yeah, absolutely. He it, it, it is just the perfect example of the, the, the beautiful, bold, standalone tash as mm. well. So if we look at the early Premier League years of Southampton, He's there, and my God, it's a 
it's a fine flourish on his top lip. You, it's one of those where when I was doing a bit of the research, I was going through and obviously doing a lot of image searches on mid nineties footballers and and uh, you know churning up some very interesting images. But for for some of them, quite a lot, I had to sort of zoom in and see if I could see whether that was a tash or not. Benali straight away. The first you you type in image search for Francis Benali, the first couple straight away, you've got him in his training jump and then you've got him in a dimplex top, and you can see from a mile off, you can see from the other side of the stadium that that man has got a sturdy tash. And, uh, and and for that reason, I think there's absolutely no doubt. Sol Campbell won't be thanking me, um, but but we can't go without Franny Benali. I think for this eleven. Oh, he's absolutely in. And the tash itself, I mean, there was a there was a such a Freddie Mercury thing going on, wasn't it? It was just oh, yeah. this absolutely spectacular Freddie Mercury style tash. And um, for that, he's he's in the side. Um, there's like if you went to the South Coast in the early to mid nineties. And you happen to go into a pub where there was a Queen tribute band on, it wouldn't surprise you to see Franny Benali fronting it because that tash was just absolute homage to uh, to him. So yeah, good on him. I've seen him on TV since without the tash, and it's just not he's not the same Franny Benali as far as I'm concerned. So peak no. Francis Benali left back. I'm with you all the way, mate. Good stuff. So I guess that leaves us with sort of carrying a floating John Walk. Um, and making a decision I think to be fair I think I'll probably be happier with him in midfield because I struggled a bit more from here on in um, mm. I think at the back I don't know whether defenders goalkeepers have more of a natural leaning towards the Tash in this yeah. time but I certainly struggled more um, for attacking players um, but we'll, we'll start in the midfield I think there's one we we probably agree on who's who's made it into one of our previous 11s into the board 11 as well who is going to add an element of class to the midfield norm it's tough isn't it I really found it's tough for centre midfielders um, and I've actually I went for a really kind of workmanlike centre midfield um, you know I think I mentioned to you um, Juan Sebeveron you made a ball side and on, on the good he had technique um, you know, he could make it on the on the fact that he's got a he's got a good appeal to but then I thought, nah, that's you know, having the same player in twice, we can't do that. So I went for Kevin Richardson, mate. Um as I say, really workmanly, but a very good tash and it actually quite a successful career. You know, Everton won title at Everton, won a title at Arsenal, won a League Cup at Aston Villa, played at Real Sociedad. Um and he had quite a long and successful career for somebody who, you know, never really stood out much, but he obviously did did enough. Um, alongside John Walk, and I thought John Walk offered a goal threat, so it could work. I don't know what you think of that. Yeah, interesting. I was, I was kind of, yeah, committing myself to Verona. So I thought we desperately needed some quality in that, but you know, yeah, Richardson has got, yeah, a bona fide tash as opposed to the um, as opposed to the goatee that we sort of discussed at the beginning and there is the element that he's already made it into one of our teams so I'm I'm happy I'm happy to go with that um, if we start with sort of Ritson and Walkers are you know the, the base of our axis um, <laughs> what a team what a team <laughs> yeah I know, I know. Oh, if only I had championship manager in 1993 on the Amiga still I would try that experiment out right now yeah um so yeah I, th- I think i think i think we can get them in i think another one that i was thinking again which will purely add to the workman like element of this midfield is um is john jensen Ooh, from, was, from yeah, arsenal that, that was i must say that that tash with that tight bubble perm 
Yeah. Aesthetically aesthetically very pleasing. He's got the combo, hasn't he? And he and he was, he was you know he was industrious in good teams. You know scored in in the in you know scored the opening goal I think against Germany for Denmark in in the Euro final as well. Um, I think scored about once for Arsenal. Um, and was actually I think he was he was pretty much a cult hero for yeah basically never offering a goal threat from his midfield position. But I think he's I think he's He's got it all there. It's just such a solid tash, and I think we're leaning in this eleven to the quality of the tash mm. outweighing, you know, the the quality of the player. I don't think it's a fifty-fifty thing because, unlike long hair, unlike bald heads, you know, we're, we're going for a narrower talent pool here, and I think we've got to be, I think we have got to be sort of honest to, to you know, to the to the requirements of 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 the Tash eleven, and I think I think someone like John Jensen, if we put him alongside Kevin Richardson and, and an aged John Walk, I think we've got we've got um you know we we've got a very if not agile um counter attacking midfield, we do certainly have one that is um uh, loyal to the Tash. Well, so are you saying we're going to go four three three maybe? I I don't know. I've I've got I've got some I've got some questions, um, Norm, um, mm. uh, about a couple of people. Now I had uh, Pedro down as well um, from Chelsea. Obviously today's Pedro for his little tash. Um, now I, 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 I I'd want Pedro your sort of. I'm gonna have to have a look at that. Pedro with a tash. I'd want yeah? your judgment on this as well because a number of times it's sort of it floats dangerously close to having too much stubble and you know, alongside it. But there are a number of occasions when he's just had to stand alone Tash. And I, I really don't know where I stand on it because he could, you know, transform you our formation depending I on the season on it. But it's, t- it's a tight one. It is a tight one. I mean, he could transfer, transform it. But to me, it looks more like he doesn't shave for a few days, but his lip hair just grows in thicker and faster as opposed to being like an actual yeah. intentional moustache. If you look at, like I'm seeing pictures of him now, and there's a lot of stubble on his face. And yes, the tash does look thicker, but then I'm thinking, right, the hair might be darker, but above his lip. It might just grow in thicker. And also, like, the kind of shadow coming off his nose makes it look a bit darker and thicker as well. So I don't think, you know, if this was put, if this was put in front of a committee, I think he'd probably be voted down. Um, and I'd be one of the ones voting him down. I don't consider that to be a tash. I think that's just stubble. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of leaning towards that, and I guess you've convinced me. I think the same thing was I was trying to find a way to get David Silver in there, but I think he's got exactly the same thing, right? Just a more pronounced tash, and I think he's probably just shaved the rest off during November. Um, so I, I think I think he's probably in there as well. Well, well I've got um, two. I've got two. One could be on the wings. Go Possibly. on. I, I'll throw them to you. Um, I've got uh, Tony Daly, who did have a, a wonderful tash and played for a couple of seasons in the Premier mm-hmm. League. At Aston Villa, um, he was actually a really good player for a while. He yep. just got very unlucky with injuries. Um, he had a, he had a, again he had the kind of long thin um, pencil handlebar tash thing going on. Um, and Mustafa Haji, Mustafa Haji had a he had a goody beard, but it was again a very thin, well sculpted goody beard where you know where you you grow the hair around the lip and down around the chin, but then you shave in the middle, so it just looks like you can almost like a, a thin yeah. circle. Um, and I thought, well, you know, Haji and Daly on the flanks alongside the work with a workman like centre midfield pairing could, could possibly work because they're not going to do much defending for you really um, but you know I'm happy to, to listen to who else you've got and also I'd be happy to go with their kind of 4-3-3 formation and either Daly or Hadji could go as one of the front three possibly 
Oh, yeah, I, I've completely forgotten about Hadji. That's, uh, yeah, I like the I like the honestness of Daly's Tash, but Hadji's is probably probably the best example we've got of the pencil goatee. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. You know, you it? don't have to zoom in and see it. You can, all, you you know, it's not it's not mistaken. A lot of the ones that I've been researching, you can, you have to zoom in and check that it's not just, you know, them grimacing or smiling in a crease in the skin. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That you can tell, and and it, you know, I think oh, it's like a, a lovely. How do you go to the barbers, Lenny? How do you to like um, you know, he goes to like a proper good old school Turkish barbers, and basically, you know, like um. So when I used to have hair, at the but the, the barbers on mine is Tur- is Turkish owned, and I used to go in there and I mean the proper artistry, like you know what I mean, like the old cutthroat razor on on the neck here to shape the beard in side of the face, like they put that little flame, you know, the flame inside your ear to burn the ear. Yeah, yeah. All of that, like, I mean, real the real deal, and I reckon that's what Hajid is. Whereas I think you know a lot of the players they probably do it themselves, they'll do their own beard themselves, and that's why it doesn't look as, as convincing. Whereas Hajid's just it's just pure effort, isn't it? He's going out there and he's paying somebody to, to create that artistry. Yeah, yeah, he's a good very player, true. And he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah, he he's definitely in the barbers at least twice a week. Um, yeah, yeah. For, for that, isn't he? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to have him in there for the. I'm happy to have Hadji in there for the the variety. Um, and for now we can we can say daily as well. I like the the straightforward confidence and, and honesty of his, his tash as well. So if we if we say we have them wide, we're left with a, a front two. Um, and I think a few options, uh, you know, m- maybe maybe not all of these at the right end of their careers in Premier League, but um, there are a couple of options that stand out um, mm-hmm. to me. But one sort of maybe curveball that I want to throw in early doors, and I can't personally remember him that well as a player, um, but as part of my research, he's popped up a lot, um, and it is a fantastic um, standalone task that he had persistently. Um, it was Gary Penrice, ex of QPR. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an absolute beauty. It's a superb, superb moustache. The only problem is that Penrice wasn't a very good player. Um, he, was re- <laughs> he, was, he was really good at Bristol City, uh, no, sorry, Bristol Rovers, I think. And I yeah. think. He played alongside Ian Holloway at Bristol Rovers and they both ended up with QBR together. Um, yeah. And Jerry Francis was a Bristol Rovers manager and ended up managing Queen's Park Rangers, didn't he? So there you go. He um, said there was something slightly underhand going on. I do not really think that. Um, it's not like former managers go back to their former clubs to sign players, is it? Um, but uh, Penrace is a great champion, but I, but I think in terms of his tash, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's one of the best ones you'll see um, in Premier League history. But the problem I've got is, is there are other players with tashes who are just way better. Yeah, go on, indulge us. Well, I'll throw, you know, I'll throw one at you and you might think what the hell am I talking about, but Nick Anelka and his breakthrough season at Arsenal yes. had an attempt at a tash. In, yes, I, was, I've got him on my long list with a question mark. It, um, it, no, it, I'm Arsenal, glad you brought this up. The double winning season, pretty much the season I got on the move to Real Madrid for that big money as a young kid, he was obviously, what, only 17, 18, I think, when he broke through the Arsenal side under Wenger. And, you know, at that age... 17, 18 year olds grow tashes. They try to, and anyways, you know, bum fluff we call it, don't we? Um, and Elkas was a little bit, you know, a bit more advanced than bum fluffs because it was a, you know, a, a sort of thick brown colour. Um, it wasn't just like these kind of str- a few straggly hairs. It was still a decent attempt, I thought. So, so for me, he could make it at the side. The only problem I've got with Elkas is there isn't any kind of longevity to the tash. It it quickly becomes, you know, clean shaven or kind of goatee beard or a beard even. Um, so that that could work against him. Uh, the other one, mate, is a classic. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 
I think Ian Rush, obviously, brilliant, brilliant moustache. Yep. Again, coming towards the end of his career, but he was there in the Premier League and he played for a few years. Um, but for me, there's one player who has to make the lineup, and it's Mick Quinn. Mick Quinn's tash. At Coventry, yep. he came in, he came in on loan at New, uh, from Newcastle, uh, 92-93 season, back into the first season of the Premier League, banged in a load of goals, uh, signed for them permanently in the summer, whacked in a hat against Arsenal away on the first game of the season, um, still carrying that. Not only having a tash, but also having a kind of Neville Southall type physique as well. So for me, I think Mick Quinn, his goal scoring yeah. record is ridiculous. Um, he's a he's a definite start, in my opinion, up front. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I had I had Quinn rushed down. I Anelka, I I was very keen to get him in, and I'm glad you you sort of backed that as well. Um, I think I wouldn't rule it out because it was sort of half bum fluffy, but I do agree with you. I don't think we can leave one of Quinn or a Rush, for example, out mm. when they've shown such commitment to the Tash yeah. throughout. Um, and, you know, may well not have been, you know, there for, for so many years and the earlier years of the Premier League, but I, I still think that they, they warrant inclusion if we're doing a Tash 11, um, just for few, strength of conviction behind their Tashes. Um, and again, it's part of them, right? It's uh, it's a massive, a massive part of, of what you remember of them as players. They, yeah. you know, the Tash was front and centre. Like Tash came first, like, and like then the striker, limbs, right? isn't it? Really, it's like a, it's it's you know, it, it's almost it's almost become flesh. <laughs> well, very um, very um, you know, very appropriate at this you know religious time of the year around Easter. Yeah. Becoming flesh, the the tash became flesh, yeah, um, exactly, and exactly. all was well with the world. Yeah. So I think yeah, a, a Mick Quinn, my, my God, a Mick Quinn Ian Rush Ford line, well, in, you know, I don't later on in their careers, with the pace of Kevin Richardson and aging John Walk, um, and, and do, right I behind do, them. I do we're we're relying name. a lot on Tony Daly and Hadji here. I do have one more name up front, by the way, mate. I can throw this at you, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Yes, yeah. Again, I've got him. I've got him in my long list. I didn't put him in my full list. I mean, he's he's been quite a consistent proponent of the pencil goatee as well, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Exactly. Um. So, I'm undecided on Hasselbank because I think he had it pretty consistent. I don't think he had it at Leeds, um, but I think Chelsea all most of the time and definitely at Borough as well. Um, I think at Borough it might have become a bit more pronounced in the latter stage of his career and then definitely into management it was um you know very much more filled out um so yeah i i i wanted to i wanted to get your counsel on this really um on Hasselbank what we have to weigh up is you know whether the strength of of Hasselbank's tash it was a more delicate tash but fairly consistent over the years yeah and he what he is more He's more relatable with the Premier League era um, than the two we currently have up front. Great careers in their own right, but not necessarily in their peak in the Premier League era. Well, absolutely. The, the thing is as well is that I think in terms of a combination, Quinn and Rush are, are pure goal poachers. The fox in the box, nothing more than that. Um, and I think those two together in combination, you know, I don't know how it would work. There'd be so much selfishness going on. They just wouldn't, they wouldn't be passing to each other. They'd always be looking to pop the shot off in the box rather than to kind of take an easier option. And, and, you know, you're not going to get much work out of them, you know, beyond what the sort of 12-yard area of the pitch, um, of the opponents off the pitch. So 
I would probably go for a forward line of um, of Hasselbank and Quinn. That would be my first choice. However, you know, um, if we take one, we take one, we we'll take one player each. I'll take Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as my my choice, and then you can pick the person to play alongside him. Okay, we'll, we'll pair him with Quinn. Um, oh, he was the, the first striker name on the list. Um, uh, others I was tempted by. I was tempted to find a way in for Marcus Stewart, but I just, you know, over the years he he's had little shadows of a goatee, but never fully committed um, yeah. during his Premier League time. Um, Zlatan is obviously up there as well, but he's a prick. Um, exactly. I've, I've no time for him, um, so I'm not going to indulge him in, in this team of you know basically good lads. Yeah. And um, uh, and uh, another one that I think deserves mention was Julian Joachim. Certainly in his Leicester days, early early days, he had a, it was a fine a fine proponent of a of a very neat little pencil tash as well, kind of um, yeah nice nice angle on it um, as well to give Joachim credit. So um, yeah, I think it's just nice to bring him up. Just nice to bring him up again as well. You know, I was uh, weirdly it? thinking about Julian Joachim the other day because for some reason <laughs> I was thinking about the German national football team. I was walking the dog and <laughs> the German national football team popped in my head, and then I thought of, you know Jurgen <laughs> Lo, and then I thought yeah. oh, his name's actually Jurgen, but it's spelled like Julian Joachim's surname. And I just thought I wonder <laughs> if Julian Joachim had um, a German family somewhere <laughs> down the line. I never, I never, I never knew. You know, I never knew there was a German connection with Julian Georgian. So, and and then and then I got home, and I completely forgot to Google it. So it gives me something to do after this podcast. I'll go and uh, Google yeah. Julian Georgian's family tree, and I might get an ancestry and see if I can find him on there. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were going to say you never know. <laughs> was Julian Georgian's name on the uh, on the manager's job, the German manager's job, and there was a clerical error. And um and Yogi Love has just popped up and, and snuck in and taken it. Um, the course of footballing history, modern footballing history, could have been changed significantly. Um, had that happened, Julian Joachim taken in. I don't know, Dion Dion, Dion Dublin as his assistant um, at Germany. Um, see how you do with that, lads. It's a shame. But, um, it's yeah, a shame. we have to choose. We have to choose a centre midfield pyramid. We've got to drop someone, you know. So run me through. Oh yeah, we had oh we had Jensen Walk and, Richardson. and Kevin Richardson, didn't we? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, 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 my heart, my heart is with John Walk. I think there's a very pronounced in, I'm 100% tash for a long time. I'm 100, 100%, 100% back there, back John Walk being on that side. Um, just because there's so much history behind that tash, obviously. Um, and also he's he's got to be one of the most decorated players who've ever played football. He, he won a ridiculous amount of trophies at Liverpool. Um, it's a tough one, isn't it, Kevin Richardson? Yeah, and, 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 and Ipswich, never, never forget. Oh, of course, he would. did he win the um, UEFA Cup at Ipswich? He did indeed. And the he FA did Cup indeed. Yeah. 78 yeah. FA Cup, 81 UEFA Cup. So oh, Outstanding. Yeah, career, then. outstanding not too shabby career. a start to his career. Um, out of Richardson and Jensen, look, Jensen on you know on, on aesthetics because of the bubble perm and the tash, but in terms of ability and impact and you know what he achieved in the game and also the fact that he's Geordie, so I'm slightly biased, I'm gonna go. I would go with Kevin Richardson, but I'll, I'm happy for you to make the decision, mate. You know that. Well, I'm, I'm happy to, to defer to you for this decision. Out the two of them. Well, we'll get Richardson. We'll get Richardson in there, and mate, we can have a bit of an Arsenal bench. Well, if we have Campbell, um, Anelka, and John Jensen on the bench. Perfect. Oh, and also, I think an honourable mention for Emerson Tuam, who had a pretty good, Ooh. a pretty good goalie. I thought Emerson Tuam's goalie was pretty decent, so I, I would probably stick him on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. And another that popped up in my warped mind was Raddy Jidey of Bolton and Birmingham. A um, a pretty Ooh, solid Jersey, tash Jersey as well. Just straightforward. Yeah. Yep. Straightforward, straight across, straight down the line. Ruler, 
ruler tash but good depth to it as well yeah um so i think he deserves a deserves a mention in there as well i agree um, so we can go on the bench he can go on the bench and uh, we'll have ian rush on the bench as well and uh go on yeah. get grubbler on there as well we'll have a we'll have a, <laughs> a charity shield bench get 11 on there or something it'll be fine absolutely brilliant we're gonna i mean this is a i actually think this wouldn't be a bad team you know if all of the all of them in that prime i mean the, the center half pairing of yeah yeah exactly. that prime would be superb uh des walker Sorry, yeah, no, sorry, Des Walker and uh, Philip Albert Campbell's not on the side, is he? That'd be absolutely brilliant there, sent half pairing. And, you know, I think a front pairing, the wingers, this would be, you know, it would be a really, it would be a sort of, the kind of side who would never get thrashed. Um, they would never really thrash anyone. They'd just be solid, you know, they'd finish around sort of sixth every season, maybe win a couple of League Cups. I think they'd be a decent side. They'd give everyone a hard game. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But I mean, to to make that a reality, I guess we have to choose a manager as well to pull them all together. Um, now, I don't know if you've given this any thought, Norm. Um, I haven't been into great depth on it. Um, a couple of names spring to mind. Um, and I'm just checking one. One more recently, obviously, um, Luis Felipe Scolari didn't oh, have mate, that is the a, best time. It's an incredible tash, though. It's an incredible tash. And the fact that his nickname's Big Phil as well is just, you know, it completes it for me. I mean, I'd be happy to go with Scolari. You know, you've got someone like Sunes, but he's a total prick. So he's ruled out and he's a shit manager. Um, and, you know, he has Gordy, but it's too much of a Gordy, I think, for him to be manager. Um so I think Scalari's a good shout at the minute. I was I was thinking, I was thinking Fra- Frank Clark's another contender at Forest. Great, great Tash. Great. See so a stronger, a stronger Tash as a player, but in those days at Forest, he you know he had a he had a, a very solid Tash, a, a one that he's got quite a quite a big gap between the nose and lip, but the Tash fills it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, it's, a, it's a big area to fill, and he does it well. Um, so I think he's got to be in consideration. But I think um, the the first one that pops to mind was Scolari, and I think he's uh, he yeah his character very much demands a tash yeah. as well. So I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be quite absolutely. keen to see him. When we were um, when we were in that city, Moji Guasu, about three hours north of Sao Paulo. And we were surrounded by fields yeah. where there was obviously, you know, they'd been stripped of the rainforest to graze cattle. Um, he looks like he would be one of the kind of ranch runners, doesn't he? Sklory's tash. Like, if Sklory wasn't a football manager in Brazil, he would be on horseback riding around like the Brazilian Pantanal, like kind of herding his cattle and his workers. Um, so just for the sheer presence of the man and the way he looks, I'm all over Sklory, mate, I agree. Fair enough. Well, um, long may continue to herd the likes of um, Benali, Walker, and Southall. Um, that that's it all. <laughs> I think we've uh, we've uh, done quite a comprehensive job on the uh, on the Tash Eleven. Um, I guess we've got to work out what's next now. We will be going back next and sort of indulging ourselves because it's um, you know while we're all locked down, it's a a pleasure for us to just uh, take a trip down memory lane and just talk about old 90s football largely. So um, we will find some more subject matter and uh, and be back over the next week. But um, Norm, um, keep yourself well, keep yourself sane. Thank I know you, it's man. difficult when we're just 
googling um mustachioed footballers from the 90s mm. um and um yeah best of luck on julian jochen's family tree and and listeners we hope you're all staying well um we hope this uh, can can give you a bit of a a bit of respite um a bit of time out and um yeah as i say we'll be back again shortly um with another pod but um yeah take care stay safe and we'll speak to you soon